listening to the Bob Duco Show, fearlessly defending the faith with you every day. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the basics of the faith. I mean, it, one of the things that I I feel that has happened in many cases is sometimes as Christians we tend to complicate our faith. We do. And I'm not saying that there aren't deeper layers and pull back the onion layers and get into it, but sometimes it can become so confusing and convoluted for people that we lose the simplicity of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to get back to a little bit of the basics of the journey that someone walks through when they are saved and learning basically about what it means to truly be born again, to be a born again follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, understanding the Trinity, the role of the Holy Spirit, this type of thing. We're going to explore all of this with Chris Palmer. Uh, Chris Palmer is a founder of Chris Palmer Ministries. He is author of this book entitled The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. He hosts uh, his own show, Transforming Truth. You can hear it in the Detroit area here on WMUZ, uh, 12.15 at night to 1.15 for an hour. And Chris Palmer joins me in studio now. Reverend Palmer, great to see you. How are you? Doing well, Bob. Thank you for having me. I, as I told you, I'm a longtime listener and have been uh, listening to you since I think I was in eighth grade. So great oh, to be wow. here with you. Hey, yeah, thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> I, you know, I get email from people. It's like, oh, I remember. I love your show. My, my kids listen to your show. And yeah. I remember listening into your show in the backseat of my mom's car, and I'm like, great, here we go, here we go. Yep. Uh, you know, I want to get first your thoughts on, the, on how sometimes we do tend to complicate right. the gospel message, and so not that we shouldn't explore these deeper issues within mm-hmm. the gospel, but we've got to make sure that our focus doesn't suddenly become on the tangential deeper issues that we explore and suddenly lose sight of some of the basic elements yeah, that's right. of Hebrew. That's right. Hebrews chapter 2 says that we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we've already heard, lest any time we should let them slip. I think that many times uh, people think that God, who is deep, he is an infinite intelligence, but he's also, I've understood that the greatest revelation I've had in my life have been deep and profound, but at the same time, very simple and easy to explain to people. And I consider Jesus... Uh, sitting on the Mount of Olives, the reason he was able to have so many followers, especially people of the lower class that followed Jesus, and even of the higher class, people like Zacchaeus, or tax collectors, was because he was speaking a message that was profound, the kingdom of God. But at the same time, he put it in such a way that people could understand it. And so it was simple. Right. Let's talk about the the basic concept of being born again, being saved, accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. Uh, first of all, with yourself, I mean, give us a little bit of background here. Did, was it kind of one yeah. of those things where you grew up in the Christian home and you just kind of blended your way yeah. into your own walk with the Lord, or did you have that divisive, decisive moment? It was a little bit of both, and I think that's what helped me to uh, write this book, because uh, one thing that I came to understand is, in, in, you know, talking about being born again, uh, in the book I talk about there are two births. There's the first birth and there's the second birth. The first birth, you're born into sin. The second birth, you have an encounter with Jesus. And so in my life, I was born into a Christian family, a Pentecostal home, uh, grew up in church and knew about God. But believe it or not, now it's something I haven't told you know many people, but believe it or not, even as a young child, you know, I was exposed to grandparents that cussed and swore. And I was cussing and I was swearing as a young child. Uh, and I knew about Jesus. And I'd gone to Sunday school, but it wasn't until I was in the sixth grade at 12 years of age, 12 years of age of innocence, that 
I uh, remember the youth pastor was preaching, and for the first time in my life, I was convicted of something. And I was convicted of the lifestyle I was living, and I wasn't doing anything bad at 12, you know, what, you know, cutting in line to recess, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I remember I felt cleansed. I gave my heart to Jesus, and I felt cleansed, and I never forgot that experience in my life, how real it was to me, and how the weight of the world uh, was lifted off my shoulder, even at 12 years of age. So I blended in, yes, but at 12, I had an encounter with Jesus and felt the presence of God in my life. And you say that you felt convicted. And this is something that, I mean, even before people have truly accepted Jesus, sometimes the Holy Spirit is working on people. And uh, how do we even define, how do we understand what that means to be, oh, I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit? Does that mean basically that, okay, you you felt your conscience being violated? I, I think that the Holy Spirit works through our conscience, but I don't think that our conscience is automatically the Holy Spirit. I agree with you 100%. I define that. Actually, it's interesting to say that because I talk about that in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you are convicted, I believe that you are awakened to something. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're convicted, I believe that it is, by definition, a recognition. You are uh, having a divine, for lack of a better word, epiphany at that moment, something you didn't see before. And I tell people that the first revelation that you have, and I use the word revelation because it's used in Bible, but what I mean by revelation is discovery, for lack of a better word, that you have in your journey as a believer, it starts on that revelation that you're a sinner and that there's something wrong with you and that um, that's where it begins because there's power in that moment when you discover what you authentically are. Uh, You're a sinner, and it doesn't matter if you're uh, 12 like I was or 50. This is what you are. And I had that. And so the conviction was the Holy Spirit pointing out to me as teacher, you're a sinner. Now, what are you going to do about this? Right. And that's a tough pill for some people to swallow, especially in today's day and age, because mm-hmm. we don't want to think of ourselves as sinners. You know, we, mm-hmm. we got this kind of karma mentality. It's like, oh, as long as I'm better, uh, right. more of a good person than I'm a bad person, that's as long right. as I, then, then God will be happy with me. The scales will tip in my favor. It's like, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Uh, it's Boy, a, we, we want to think it does. People, yeah. are, people are, uh, they don't want to offend anybody today. Yeah. And the and the message of Christianity was a very offensive message, right? Because right. you're telling people it's one way, God's way, the highway. That's usually a good warning sign, a good little red flag. If if you're getting a message that somehow, some way, never ever offends a darkened world, <laughs> I'd I'd just be a little bit nervous <laughs> if it's the true light of Jesus Christ. If it never ever offends, I'm not saying we right. want to try to offend, but you know the gospel message itself truly is an offensive darkened world it's supposed to be so yep. uh chris hang on just a second we'll pick it up from there in a sounds good it's more with reverend chris paul palmer the book again folks the believer's journey god's path of transformation it's a west bow press you're listening to the bob duco show listen folks if you deal with depression or you can't sleep Or maybe you're dealing with a child that has ADHD, or maybe somebody dealing with PTSD, lack of mental focus, memory, anxiety issues. Look, so much of this depends on how your brain deals with all these things. And this is why I want to talk to you about the Attuned Mind Brain Life Center. See, it's based on this verse, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. This is exactly how their technology works, and they've helped so many of my listeners. The Attuned Mind Brain Life Center, what it does is use brainwave optimization naturally to let your brain heal itself. That condition melts away, you feel better, it's easy, it's healthy, it's backed by science, it's non-invasive, 
The right conditions for healing is all your brain needs, folks, and that's how God designed it. Dave and Julie at the Attuned Mind Brain Life Center, they'll provide that for you. Hundreds of my listeners, including myself, are sleeping way better. We've got listeners getting relief from depression, anxiety, PTSD in veterans, ADHD in children. Students improve their concentration and focus for better grades. People get better job performance. I'm telling you, I know it works from firsthand experience. So call David and Julie right now. Find out what the Attuned Mind Brain Life Center can do for you. Here's the number, 248-922-9490. Call right now, 248-922-9490. Christmas is coming. While you want your house and yard to look great, the last thing you have time for is coming up with an idea. Holding out a bunch of lights. No. Climbing a ladder. Uh. Figuring out how to make everything work. Stop. And when the season is over, take it all back down in the middle of a nasty Michigan winter. Mommy. Call the professional decorators at Christmas Decor. As professional Christmas decorators, Christmas Decor, a division of Eratico Services, can ensure this year your home is the showcase you want and one your kids will remember forever. Working with you, they'll come up with a design, install everything, and remove it when the season's over, all for a very reasonable price. Christmas Decor by Eratico will handle it all. So call today and make this Christmas one your family will remember forever. That's right, folks. Now is the time to be thinking about this. I know you're like, oh, Christmas? Seriously? Yes, right now is the time to call Christmas Decor to make your home or your business look great for Christmas. And you know what? They do all the work. You don't have to do the work. You don't have to put in the time. That's great. These are the pros. Hand it over to them. Give them a call at 248-477-4880. Continuing our discussion with Reverend Chris Palmer, founder of Chris Palmer Ministries, author of the book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. A little bit of Gospel Message 101, some of the basics that we want to go through here. And Chris, in talking about somebody who accepts Jesus as Savior, and as you were saying before, we're all sinners, Mm -hmm. okay? Heaven is not some entitlement that we get because we do more good things than bad things, but that seems to be the way a lot of people think today. Uh, help us understand the concept of grace, that, that, that this is something that is a free gift from God. We can't earn it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And we are born deserving hell. That's mm-hmm. so hard for people because it sure. violates our, our sensibilities. It violates our human sense of fairness. But from a godly perspective, the pure righteous holiness of God, we are all deserving of hell. Jesus is our lifeline That's right. to wash us clean. Helps understand the, 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 the truth about grace. Well, the truth about grace is that grace is a manifestation of the love of God, but I believe that grace can be resisted. And I believe that when God looked upon the earth that the demonstration of his grace is found in John 3.16 and all through the Bible that God so loved the world that he gave. So this is the demonstration of grace in this verse is that God saw, he looked upon, he saw that we were born. You know, Jesus said, Jesus' message was very raw. He told the Pharisees, the reason you don't understand my, um, what I'm saying is because you're of your father, the devil. And that's a very difficult statement to swallow because he's revealing uh, what the psalmist said in the 51st chapter is that we were shapen in iniquity and in sin did our mothers conceive us. So at conception, that's when sin is birthed inside of a person, the moment of conception. Did my mother conceive me in sin? 
And so you're born of sin and your father's the devil. And, you know, we have this idea today that everybody's a child of God. You know, it doesn't matter if you're gay or it doesn't matter if you're a murderer. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a thief. Everybody's just a child of God. And that's not true. I say that when we're born, we're all children of sin. We're created in the image and likeness of God, but we're born into sin in a fallen world. There you go. Right, right. And so we have Jesus dying for the sins of mankind. And uh, one of the things that I've had people say to me before is that uh, also what of all the different world religions... You gotta, you gotta, it's like turning a combination lock. You gotta turn just the right dial to Christianity, okay? Because you gotta pick Christianity to go to heaven. If you pick the wrong religion, you, you don't go to heaven. And I sit there and I shake my head, and, and, and people don't get that, that Muslims don't go to hell because they, they're Muslim. That's right. Hindus don't go mm-hmm. to hell because they're Hindus. Atheists don't go to hell because they're atheists. And murderers don't go to hell because they're murderers. That's right. Okay? Yep. The reason people go to hell is because that is the default destination for where all of humanity is entitled to go. That's right. And this is what people don't get, all right? Mm-hmm. That, that the only way to get to heaven is to be washed clean of your sins, to stand pure and blameless before the Father. And so, how are you going to do that? What can you do to purge yourself of all of your sins and wash them clean? And, and that's, that, I think, is what somehow, someway, even in the church, we've got to get back to that basic message. Yeah, there are, people see that, I agree with you, Bob, that uh, this, the, the gospel is not a message of Christianity versus. This is about, uh, are you washed in the blood, yes or no? And it ends at that. Do you, have you been cleansed from your sin? Have you received a Savior? That's right. what it boils down to. Yeah, there's only two categories of people. That's it's it. not Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, mm-hmm. Christians. There's two categories of people. There are those who are washed clean by the blood of Jesus, who That's have right. accepted him as their Lord and Savior, and therefore they are forgiven by God for all of their sins. Jesus paid their debt. And then there's everybody else. That's it. The murderers, the rapists, the sweet little old grandmothers, <laughs> the Hindus. The ev- there's, ev- there's only two categories two. of people. And, and that's a tough pill for people to swallow. Now, what about the narrow path? Because this is a tough one for people, too. Mm-hmm. All right? That uh, Jesus himself declared that narrow, its path leads to life. Very few find it. That's right. Wide as path leads to destruction. Many go through it. So uh, help us try to wrap our brains around something that we know to be true, Jesus declared to be true, but seems, seems unfair. Uh, well, you know, I think that the idea of it being unfair uh, is seen in the light of the fact that if he were to save us and leave us, then it would be difficult because he left us. Mm-hmm. But he said, I didn't leave you, comfortless. I sent one to you, and that is the Holy Spirit. And I think that, you know, we get a lot of, I was talking to somebody uh, about this recently, we get a lot of talk about Jesus in the church, but uh, we also, as a New Testament church, preach the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is God. There was a controversy a long time ago, uh, back in third century, about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I say person because he's not a it. Right. And he comes alongside. He's, he's not Jesus and he's not the Father, but he is God. There's three distinct beings. That's what the early church believed about him at least. And he comes alongside every believer that's been born again and begins to help those believers. And so with that power implemented 
in the believer's life, they can go through and walk that straight path, which leads us home until we stand before Jesus face to face. So when someone says it's not fair, I'd say if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, it would not be fair. All right, hang on just a second. We'll spend our last few minutes together next. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's do it. The person of the Holy Spirit, who he is and his role in our lives. More with Reverend Chris Palmer. The book again, folks, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. It's from West Bow Press. And here in the Detroit area, you can hear uh, Chris Palmer's show, Transforming Truth, Saturday nights on 103.5 FM for an hour, starting at 12.15. And more with Reverend Chris Palmer in just two minutes. You folks know I got WeatherGuard windows in my home, and I just want to remind everybody, call WeatherGuard. These are the folks that you want to have, I'm telling you, replace the windows in your home because these are the windows with a lifetime warranty. These windows never have to be replaced. Remember, lifetime. They'll never bow, warp, bend. They'll never let in a draft. If they ever do, WeatherGuard replaces them for free. You're talking about basically commercial-grade quality windows, but with the beauty and design of residential. It's the best of both worlds, folks. And really remarkably low-priced for this quality of window. I mean, seriously, you're talking about windows that are in the ballpark of the same price as that cheaply made competition stuff. So call WeatherGuard right now and get more information at 1-800-377-8886. Listen, mention my show because if you get five windows or more, WeatherGuard takes their already low prices and cuts them in half for you. It's pretty impressive. This is WeatherGuard. So again, call right now, 1-800-377-8886. Get the windows I've got in my home. That's WeatherGuard. Our protocol is to get the patient done in four visits or less. Boma Dr. Thomas Hosey on the importance of getting his plantar fasciitis patients pain-free and pain-free in a hurry. Oftentimes, we'll get them better in two or three visits, but four visits is our max, and we want to make sure we try to get them better within four visits. Better within four visits. That's four visits in Dr. Hosey's office. No surgery. Just a way of treating foot pain in a way no other podiatrists or foot surgeons have figured out yet. By the time they come in on their second visit, they're usually quite inquisitive as to why they couldn't get better by their other physician. Within four visits. But we tell them that, you know, it's because we have developed this treatment plan that will get them better. And it works time and time again. Living without foot pain is one call and four 20-minute visits away when you call Boma Dr. Thomas Hosey. Four 20-minute visits away. Call 586-263-4411. The Hosey Foot and Ankle Centers, curing plantar fasciitis in four visits or less. Visits covered by most insurance plans. It's remarkable. You think about it. Four 20-minute visits or less, and you're out of foot pain once and for all. This is Dr. Thomas Hosey. He's a Beaumont doctor. Give him a call today at 586-263-4411. Spending the last few minutes here on the Bob Duco Show with Reverend Chris Palmer. He's a founder of Chris Palmer Ministries. Uh, host of Transforming Truth Radio Program, author of this book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. And we're talking about some of the basics of the faith that sometimes get lost in sure. all of the, the, the detailed uh, efforts of learning and growing deeper in the faith and such. And just getting back to some of the basics, the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, Chris, as you were saying, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he, and you're right. It's a, one God, one God manifest in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Now, uh, it is difficult for some people intellectually, and even emotionally in some cases, to 
to connect with the Holy Spirit because we, we tend to, God the Father, there's a, okay, we've got the earthly comparison, the Father, our earthly fathers, and so we can kind of see God in more of a personhood light. Jesus, we can certainly see Jesus in a personhood light. He took on human flesh. The Holy Spirit is a person, a distinct personality that grieves and everything. However, it's because we can't put eyes and nose and a mouth to the Holy <laughs> Spirit, there's this kind of nebulous mist mm-hmm. that we kind of create. Because we have this tendency to want to visualize three-dimensionally, three-dimensionally each of the members of the Godhead. So how do we take the the impersonal perception that we have of this nebulous Holy Spirit and still relate to him as a member of the Godhead who knows us and loves us and empowers us. I think, you know, uh, in the Word of God, God uses terms to define himself. He used the term Father for us to understand that when we think of God, we should, as born-again believers, that we should see him as our Father. Because he wants us to see that he's our provider, he's the one that gave us our origin, and he's the one in whom we have our uh, genetics after and our likeness after. Then we see Jesus, and now he's our high priest, and he's our brother. The Holy Spirit, I would say, if you can wrap a term around him, he's become your teacher and your friend. Mm -hmm. He's become, actually, Jesus called him, he will send another comforter, and he called him a guide. And the Greek word for the word guide in John chapter 16 and John 14 is the word hodos, which is the the word for road in the Greek, which is where we would put together guide plus road is more like a tour guide. That's literally what the Greek text is saying. And so you can see him, if you look at what... Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 describes as Abraham going through a strange country. Because when you're born again, the world is supposed to become odd and uncanny and peculiar to you. It's supposed, what is this place I'm in? That's how mm-hmm. you know you've been born from above. And so now you've got to go through this journey, and you've been given the Holy Spirit to guide you through, to help you with a flesh that doesn't have life working in it. The life of God is working in your spirit. But you have a flesh that is yet awaiting redemption. Now, I was, you have a resurrection of the body that you're looking forward to. You have uh, our earthly home, a new Jerusalem, a city that you're awaiting. You're awaiting the coming of the king. So you've been given the Holy Spirit to guide you through this life to fulfill your assignment until he comes. So I look at him as what the word of God says is he's going to be a friend to you and he's going to be a teacher. And Jesus said that there are many things that I've yet to say, but you have yet to understand those things. And uh, the biggest issue that I talk about in the book is... That Jesus said things to the disciples that went over their heads. But when the Holy Spirit came, is proof in Peter in uh, Acts chapter 2, he got up and he expounded Christ from the Old Testament brilliantly. Where 3,000 people were saved, mm-hmm. that's because he had the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who taught him in an instant everything that Jesus was saying about himself before he had ascended into, into heaven. Do you ever have those moments where you have certain clarity about things and you kind of think to yourself, I don't think this is my own brain uh, giving me this clarity right now. I, I, this seems to be the Holy Spirit at a certain moment, clearing away the cobwebs, opening your eyes, giving you a sense of clarity, or even speaking certain things. I mean, I'll level with you. There's times I'll be talking with somebody, witnessing with somebody or whatever. They're asking me tough questions. You know when you're trying to basically get the neurons in your brain to fire as quickly as possible, as opposed to certain times where it's like you end up saying to yourself yeah. afterward, 
Where did that come from? How did I figure that out so clear? How was that so clear to me? And how did I so eloquently put that? And in those moments, it's like, wow, that was the Holy yeah. Spirit working through me. I just wish the Holy Spirit would do that nonstop, four hours a day for me, Monday through Friday. Okay, uh, right. but, but you know what I'm talking about. You've yeah. got to have those moments sometimes where it's like, uh, this was the Holy Spirit. Where right. I was the vessel. Uh, absolutely. I, um, that I call revelation knowledge, where the Spirit of God gives to you and opens up your eyes. The word revelation in the Greek is the word uh, apocalypsis, which means an unveiling or it means to undress. Mm-hmm. And it's like mystery. Things that to you, your mind were not able to understand, those mysteries become revealed to you. And those are things that pertain to life and godliness, like it says in Second Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the Spirit of God speaks... Uh, when the Holy Spirit talks, people ask me a lot of times as a minister, how do I know God is speaking to me? How do I know it's not the devil? And I cover this in the book. I say, well, when the devil speaks to you, it produces a weird feeling of fear. It produces concern, anxiety. When the Holy Spirit speaks in those moments that you were just talking about, where the cobwebs uh, in your mind are cleared, there's always a residue of his presence. There's always a desire to worship. There's always a desire to uh, want to just be close, and, and you feel the love of God in those moments, and you become thankful in your heart. All right, now, uh, there's a third option. Okay, mm-hmm. How do you know that it's neither God nor the devil, but it might be your own brain, it might be last night's Nachos Belgrande? <laughs> so how, how do you know when, because you know what this is like, okay? It's like, Lord, is that from you, or is this just something that came up in my own thoughts? How do you figure that out? Well, uh, Hebrews chapter 5 says, over time we learn. I, when I, to give you an anecdote from my own life, I, I remember one time, I believe I shared in this book, uh, I was getting on a plane to go fly to Minneapolis, and I felt that something told me the plane's going to crash. So I didn't get on that flight. I got on, I, I bumped my flight back. You know, if you really believed it, you would tell everybody else not to get on the flight. So I was. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> way, way, yeah, way to only be the only one who didn't right. get on the plane, but that's all right. And uh, I didn't get on the plane. Well, that flight got to Minneapolis, and my flight ended up being delayed, and I didn't get into hours later. And I learned from that. And then there's moments where the Holy Spirit tells me things, and it comes to pass. And, and I go back to what I'm saying. If, if, if it's you that is and it telling yourself something, a lot of times it's not exact, it's not precise, it's kind of like throwing a dart at something. Mm-hmm. You're not convinced. When the Holy Spirit tells you something, it's just so precise and exact, and it's, you're just convinced of it. And like I said before, it leaves no anxiety, it doesn't leave any fear, and it, you, you have empowerment mm-hmm. and the anointing of God to walk in that. The Holy Spirit gives you an assignment. If it's you giving you an assignment, there's no empowerment to do that. If it's, if it's the Holy Spirit giving you the assignment, you have an empowerment to do it. Well, and if you think about it, too, what's the worst thing that happens if you go ahead and follow a prompting that you think is the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and it ends up just being your flesh, like that flight? Okay, fine. So you <laughs> missed the flight and you got there late. Right. Right? It's not the end of the world. You know the Holy Spirit's not going to prompt you to do something that would violate yeah. God's Word. So if you're hearing voices that are saying, hey, go into that strip club, yep. you know that's not the Holy <laughs> Spirit. Not the Holy okay. Spirit. So, But if it's a prompting to, to do something that is either neutral mm-hmm. or consistent with God's Word. Yeah. And neutral being, hey, don't go on this flight, go on that flight. Uh, but consistent with God's Word, hey, that person over there, go up to them and give them 50 bucks. Yeah. Or that person up there, go, go to... Those kind of things are consistent with God's Word. And the worst thing that happens is it was your own brain that came up with it, right. but you still did something that was either neutral or furthering the kingdom of God. Yeah, like while you're, while you're trying to discern the voice of the Spirit, which we all as believers should do, we should learn mm-hmm. that's part of maturity. I tell people that maturity 
in the kingdom of God is two things. Number one, walking in love, because the devil can't imitate that. And number two is learning how to be led by the Spirit. And while you're learning how to be led by the Spirit, you always want to err on the side of caution. I think that's a safe bet. Right. And by the way, <laughs> I would encourage people, and I know you agree with this too, don't, don't think that something is too small mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be from the Holy Spirit. Because, I, I mean, I could see somebody getting mo- dressed in the morning and going to, why do I feel this prompting to put on the red tie instead of the blue tie? Right. That doesn't, that seems odd. But it's a, oh, the Holy Spirit wouldn't be telling me to wear a red, yeah. red tie. How do you know that the Holy Spirit wasn't giving a confirmation to somebody right. else at the airport yep. that says, by the way, somebody that comes here and says such and such, you'll know that this is for me because a person's going to be wearing a red tie. And Bob, I tell you, the greatest opportunities in my life have opened because of small little promptings yeah. like that. Right. And you, works. you never know. So, folks, look for the book. Again, it's entitled The Believer's Journey. It's from Reverend Chris Palmer. Uh, Chris, best way for people to get the book? You can go to Amazon.com. That's the best way for you to get the book, The All Believer's right. Journey, God's Path of Transformation. Amazon.com is the best way. All right. It's from West Bow Press. Again, you can live in a, listen to Transforming Truth, uh, at least here in Detroit, uh, Saturday nights, 1215 for one hour, and certainly on the web as well at WMUZ.com and Reverend Chris. Chris Palmer. Chris, great to see you. Thank you so much for Bob, coming thank you for us. having me. It was my honor. Take care now. You're listening to the Bob Duco Show. You go to our Facebook page. I welcome your comments there. Email me your comments directly. Bob at CrawfordBroadcasting.com. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the right thing morally and ethically in a sports issue. I'll give you a hint. It involves a football game at a high school that finished 91 to nothing. We'll dive into that next. Okay, now I mentioned earlier that we're trying to get some of these children sponsored through Compassion International that have unique sounding names. And one of the things I told you folks was that whenever children have a name, that are on a waiting list and they have a name that is really foreign sounding, really different sounding, they're like the last children to get sponsored. And in many cases, they never get sponsored at all. And it it feels so bad for these kids because there's still little boys and little girls that are hungry, living in horrible, horrible poverty. Most of these children live in little shacks, little huts with dirt floors. No bathrooms, no electricity, no running water, no refrigerator to go get food from. They're begging for food, and they go multiple days sometimes without eating anything. They need medical care. There's no doctor to take them to. They need somebody to teach them to read and to write. They need somebody to pray with them and teach them about Jesus Christ. Compassion.